You are addicted to liberalism. Denial is possible, but to convince others means proving you can live free of democracy, the main opiate of liberalism. Liberalism is a philosophy which all persons subscribe to in the West because Westerners are all addicted to democracy. The addiction is present in different degrees, but there is no one who abjures liberalism fully. The entire Western Hemisphere is addicted to liberal democracy. Your dictionary will define liberalism as the willingness to respect or accept behavior or opinions different from their own. Liberals, it is said, are open to new ideas. There is nothing said about the reasonableness of those ideas. Liberalism is a political and social philosophy that promotes individual rights, civil liberties, democracy, and free enterprise. In short, liberalism is a way of life that is not open to the exclusion of anything. If you are not open to new ideas, democracy is a way to shove a wedge in your concerns. It is clear from this that liberals are virtuous. Liberals embrace diversity and inclusion and discriminate against no one other than Christians. Liberalism gives its followers a religious experience without the inconvenience of God or rules. To be a liberal is to have a path to nirvana. As a liberal who rejects rejection, you are released from any ties to the world. Having no preferences liberals are no longer tied to physical wants or desires. In an Eastern religion, Nerva represents the ultimate state of soteriological release, the liberation from Sasra the endless cycle of rebirth that is visited on those who cannot let go of physical need. In Buddhism, Nirvana refers to the realization of non-self and emptiness. By overcoming all need and wants, one ends the attachment the soul has to the things of this world that keeps the soul wanting rebirth. Freedom is not just freedom to do, it is freedom from. Freedom from the boundaries of this world is freedom from the impacts the things of earth have on us. When one is free of all limits and boundaries there is a sense of euphoria. Naturally the question arises as to how to deal with this addiction to freedom. Here we run into the question of why would a liberal or anyone reject freedom? Why would anyone want to be a conservative? Conservatives are considered to be averse to change and nervous about innovation. Conservatives have difficulty moving beyond the traditional values as modeled by their parents and grandparents. The symptoms of a conservative personality are traditionalist, old-fashioned, cautious, timid, and unadventurous. That being said, conservatives also support free enterprise and private ownership. Despite what many think, liberal and conservative are not mirror images. The center of a traditional life is the monogamous family, along with its bifurcated sexual roles and the accoutrements of toxic masculinity. The difference between the left and right is more a degree than absolute differences. The left favors a stronger state, and the right usually favors a weaker one. The right is more about traditional family models and the left broadens this, but without actually throwing out the idea of marriage. These differences can be attributed to the pivotal points of the two groups. The right's power base is the property class, and the power base of the left is the unproperted. The property want property rights and the left wants access to the property of the wealthy. The right thinks property belongs to the individual and the left thinks ownership is a cultural or social construct. The center is the balance of power that shifts left or right depending on whether the economy is doing well or poorly. In times of prosperity everyone is a capitalist. When the downturn hits, people shift towards socialism. 
It could be said that the cure for socialism is a prosperous economy. But how do we create prosperity if the policies of the right exacerbates the concentration of wealth? Freedom for liberals means socialized property. We see this rejection of private rights and open borders, unrestricted immigration, moral relativism, and even lackadaisical justice. Why treat a person harshly for taking what, in one sense, belongs to them? To overcome the addiction to liberalism requires faith. It is not about trying to understand liberalism and how it differs from conservatism. The freedom of a liberal means there is no system of comparison, no determination of legitimacy. Everything is justified within liberalism and all paths have equal merit. Diversity does not just mean there are differences, it means there are no standard of comparison. There is such a wide range of variation that any attempt to impose norms will be doomed to failure. This means that liberals have lost all means of discrimination, not just in the positive sense of unmerited bias, but also in the positive sense of knowing good from evil. If we wanted to give liberals the benefit of the doubt and justify their ideas so far as it is possible, we could argue that no one has the right to prioritize his cultural norms over others. In the normal course of events, this might seem rational. But what can we have faith in? Are we not to criticize cannibals or minor attracted persons? Are mass murderers and rapists beyond condemnation? At some point we have to draw a line. We cannot simply allow everything. But the line is not drawn around sexual preference or political ideology. These things are important, but they are not the central issue. It is not that a person's sexuality is not something to be concerned about, but to focus on sexual orientation misses a great many other things, perhaps less important but still worth considering. The line between left and right is actually drawn between two theocracies. Liberalism is a type of theocracy even if it does not have a god similar to Christianity's. We can better understand liberalism by looking at the Eastern version of theocracy. Eastern theocracy has gods, but their gods are lawgivers. Their power is not grounded in faith. Their theocracies of fear for law is a way around fear and a way to handle fear. Laws give the theocrats power over property. Direct power is the use of muscles and technology to overpower resistance and permit control over property. But the power of Eastern theocracy is its law and its ability to use law to control access to goods and services. Jailing someone is a case in point. This exercise of power through the threat of force and restricting access to property is manifested as the right and power to create law. The regulatory state is a form of Eastern theocracy. The law is a threat of force. If the law is not followed, physical means are used to force compliance. Liberalism cannot be combated by legal systems and state-sponsored institutions. Democracy and the justice system are liberal institutions. One cannot vote out democracy nor use the law to defeat liberal jurisprudence. Only faith can overcome fear and all law is founded on fear. Western theocracy is based on faith. Faith is works that build the church. There is no other kind of faith. They are not works of faith if they are actions that do not benefit the faithful. This is why there is such clear line between the theocracies. It is why we can only have one master and why the two systems are inversely related. To build up the faithful is to divest the state and its legal system. There are two theocracies and two ultimate gods and two groups of people comprising two distinct races.
The understanding that there is no overlap is the most important thing a person can accept as true. The Eastern Theocracy and all of its tributaries are parasitic. The law is meant to maintain order under threat of prosecution, but part of that order is submission to the exactions of the state. At root the law is a gun pointed at a person's head. The law declares, deliver or die. To create a trust and build up the body of Christ is to divert money from the state into the Christian theocratic community. This is why the state hates Christians and preferentially supports almost any group other than Christians. Western theocracy is wealth not available to the East. In fact, if you or your group is being supplemented by the resources of the state, you might want to rethink your mission objectives. Those who live off of the state are a whore of the East. The problem with democracy is that one cannot embrace democracy without embracing the system it represents. If one is permitting one's value to be decided by a popular vote, the lowest common denominator, over time, will prevail. People are rarely attracted to the highest moral model. People follow the thief, liar, and the deceitful quicker than the saint. If this is so, the natural trend of any group will be entropic. The simple reason why Democrats and liberal parties are so corrupt is because they get taken over by the group with the weakest spirits. Democracy is always dominated by those with the least amount of faith. Those who resist the decline and have the strongest faith join conservatives, but this simply makes the average liberal even less spiritual. The only way to overcome the West's addiction to liberalism is by living in faith. This is not a matter of converting liberals, it is about the saints and how we live. Democracy has a corrupting influence. It inculcates a fearful spirit because the power of others always represent risk. Even an election poses a risk to the loser and a threat of loss. Participating in an election, on average, causes a decline in our morality and a comprise of our faith. Democracy can only be countered with faith and faith can only be exercised in a church or trust. The key to living in faith is to reject the politics of fear. The only way to eliminate fear is by forming a trust. One cannot claim to have faith in God if they do not have faith in the people of God. Those who have faith in the people of God are in a political jurisdiction called a trust. It only takes three people to create a trust, because it only takes a handful of people to live in faith. Living in faith is not an isolated or individual experience. It is a community experience. Living in faith builds the church and disassembles liberal democracy as explained on the Apriorian website.